For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. So here we are in the bottom of the ninth inning. Two outs and running first base. Mark Knudsen, the tall right-hander, trying to nail this one down. He has thrown a gem to this point. Eight and two-thirds innings, giving up just three hits and looking for his fourth complete game for the speed and perhaps to secure his 15th victory. He's got a 3-1 to lead here in the bottom of the ninth, but at the plate is the guy who has two of those hits, Manny Randawa. A single to center and a double to right so far. Knutson into his windup. Here's the pitch, and he throws a fastball right by Randawa for strike one. Randawa a bit tardy on that swing. Now we're ready for the next pitch. The windup, and here it comes. There's a swing and a long one. Into the gap in right center field, way back towards the wall. It's off the wall. Bichette can't get there. He's chasing it down, and out of nowhere comes Ellis Burke. He'll get to the ball first. The run's going to score. Randawa is around second. He's digging for three. Here comes the throw from Burks. It's going to be close. Here's the slide. It's it's the park-adjusted Rockies podcast. And now, here are your hosts, Mark Knudsen and Manny Randawa. Spring has been good to the Colorado Rockies so far, on and off the field. This week on the Park Adjusted Rockies podcast, former Rockies great Dante Bichette rejoins the show to talk about the addition of Chris Bryant, the prospects for young phenom Ezekiel Tovar, and the big trade that brought former Blue Jay Randall Grichik to Colorado. And there might be a story or two from back in the day mixed in as well. The glass is half full again this week on this week's edition of the Park Adjusted Rockies podcast. We're back right after this. For the best selection of autographs and memorabilia from your favorite sports stars past and present, look no further than DenverAutographs.com. Find what you're after on the web or at either of their two Metro Denver locations, Colorado Mills Mall and Flatirons Mall. Broncos, Rockies, Avs, Nuggets, and much more. It's all at DenverAutographs.com. Learning life skills through baseball, USA Prime is more than just travel baseball. We mentor young athletes in areas like teamwork and skill development. It's about more than winning weekend tournaments. It's about showing young players how to achieve their goals in baseball and beyond. Contact Scott Horman at USAPrimeColorado at gmail.com for more information. Many, by all measures, this spring, which will be an abbreviated spring, uh, to this point for the Colorado Rockies has been pretty good, pretty successful on and off the field. I think uh, when things have gone as well as they have so far, we have to we have to let them know that. Agreed. I think they've done a good job overall. The, the Chris Bryant signing, I think the jury's going to be out on that for a while. But other than that, I mean, again, uh, we, kind of like we talked about last week, the extensions have been good yep. moves yep. and they've gotten good value, uh, present value. I mean, like looking at it now, paying Antonio Sensatella 10 million a year, paying um, CJ Crone seven million a year, paying Ryan McMahon eleven million million a year. It's not it, it, it's not unreasonable at all. In fact, it's yep. probably pretty good. Yep. Um, and uh, and it probably will turn out. You know, for them for their sake, hopefully it turns out the way they they hope it will. But I mean, I think that the moves that they made under uh, the the Schmidt uh, regime so far have been positive on the on the net result. Yeah. So, so far, so good. Um, obviously, it's been uh, like just a short sample size, but we got to look at. Ezekiel Tovar, which we've talked, who we've talked about on this show before, yep. uh, up and coming future of the Rockies at shortstop. 
Uh, I saw some people, I won't say flabbergasted, but at least kind of shocked. They sent him down. They already sent him. No, he's of course not, he's got, I, not, he's not going to, well, he was not going to make, never going to make this team, but right. he, 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 he put on a good show. He did. I mean, he did and, a good job. And, and a year, do you see him starting a ball or high A no, again? No. I think high he's going to be in double A. Yeah. I yeah, think he's going to be double A. And in Montero, Elvis Montero, that guy's hitting too. And he yep. keeps, and he's hit everywhere. He's yep. gone. And so I think that's going to be an interesting one to see if he makes a team. Yeah. So, um, I mean, like I said, these are good problems to have, to have a, yep. a shortstop of the future that it looks like the real deal. And you can send them to the minors because you don't have to press them up, push them up there so fast. Um, I'll, I'll bring up something when our guest joins us here in a few minutes uh, regarding the Ezekiel Tovar situation. Uh, but then there was another trade too, a big trade. And, and, yep. uh, when, when Dante Bichette joins us in a few minutes, we'll talk about Randall Grichek. Did you say that right? Uh, Grichek, yeah. who was in Toronto, where Dante is very familiar with what's going on in Toronto. Um, I'll ask you this. Um, what does it say about Sam Hilliard? I think it says, uh, and I think that this was a, on that point, it's a good uh, indication from the, it's a good move from the Rockies because it shows them that they're not, the Rockies have traditionally kind of been this team that was overly loyal to guys all the way through, oh, whether, absolutely it's a, whether, it's a, whether it's a veteran absolutely player, yep. longtime guy, or whether it's a guy they believe in yep. who's coming up through yep. the minors. And they're sending a message, multiple messages through this. One is to Sam Healer, like, get it going, figure this yep. out. And secondly, to um, the baseball world or the fan base or whoever you want to say that we're not just going to sit there and wait for Sam Hilliard without right. a, backup, a backup plan here. And uh, Randall Gritchick is an interesting one because of the very things that we're going to talk with, with Dante about here soon, because the trends for him have been pretty good, even though the peripheral, even though the surface level numbers haven't shown it yet. Mm-hmm. He's got some pretty good, uh, uh, he's trending in the right direction. So in that 450 foot homer, it's spring mm-hmm. training, but... Um, that's a good way to introduce yourself to a new fan base. Well, I think he he fits the mold of a guy who'd be excited to come here, right? A guy yeah. who's, who's who's looking for an opportunity to put up big numbers, uh, further his career. He's been in St. Louis, now he's been in Toronto, now he's here. I, you know, the old days, this was a, a haven for a hitter. They loved to come here and put up big yeah. numbers. His uh, uh, that first that four hundred fifty foot homer you talked about, the swing was just beautiful, and he, he looked enthusiastic. He looked eager to be here, and um, that's a plus for the Rockies as well. You know, it's weird because when he hit that and when, um, you know, they got Chris Bryant in the lineup now and everything, you couldn't look at this team after the departure of Arenado and say that this was, you couldn't really use the the, the term Blake Street Bombers oh. with, with oh, a straight no. face no, with no, this no, no, lineup. No. Right. And uh, now you still, you still can't really, no. you know, get there, but it, it's starting to shape up where you can see it getting closer. Yeah. You got Chris Bryant, who is a legitimate home run guy. You've got Randall Gritchick, who can, in a good year, he can hit you 25 or 30 home runs. Yep. Um, and that's just something that since Cargo and, and Arenado and uh, and Trevor. Blackman and his peak and, and mm-hmm. story, when they were all together, you wouldn't see that. Right. Uh, since then, you haven't seen that. And that's uh, this is what the, the calling card ought to be for the Colorado mm-hmm. Rockies. There's never a reason that, they're, that they should be lacking power you know, in their lineup, they're still lacking power overall, but they're, they're leaps and bounds ahead of where they were two weeks ago. So that's good. I, I was at a game down there last Wednesday and saw Sam Hilliard in an opposite field home run that um, wasn't a particularly, not the same kind of swing that Grichik put on his. It was just a good swing, good hard line yeah. drive the other way and went out over the fence. And he's this, a big guy. I mean, yeah, when he touches the ball, right. it goes. And we talked about that last week, that this guy can hit the ball to Yellowstone Park and um, but you're right. This is a call. This is a wake up call to him. Like, listen, you know, the next time he came up, he took a called third strike. 
That's just not going to help. You got to learn the strike zone. You got to, you got to have some plate discipline. You got to learn the strike zone. We can't have all these strikeouts because we've got somebody else that can play that position now. Yeah. You know, the thing about Sam too, and you've talked about it at length and and rightfully so he's, his build is he's a monster. He's a unit. I mean, this guy, and he can run. I mean, he's Larry Walker, but he's got three three inches on him physically. He's probably the fastest guy on the team right now, you think? Without story around? Without story. Hanson's fast fast is probably still a little faster, but beyond that, I mean, like, that guy at 6'5", you know, and 230, whatever he is, like, that guy, man, if the skill could catch up with the body, it's usually the other way around. Yep. It's usually guys you're waiting for a guy to fill out because he's got the bat to ball skills and you're waiting for him to, you know, uh, grow into his power. This guy's the other way around. This yep. guy's got the power and it's just a matter of him learning how to not strike out as much. Yep. And secondly, um, you know, well, pitch selection, that's what yep. it really comes yep. down to for him, right? All the way around. Yep. And, and if he can do that, I mean, because when he makes contact, you saw that ball that he lined to, uh, yeah, he had, he had a line drive to out to short right field into the shift. Mm. The, the shift which is in its in its uh waning days yes <laughs> that um that ball was at a one, 100 and about 108 miles per hour off the bat that guy can smash a baseball and yep. you didn't see much of that from the rockies and that's uh a good sign man i mean the, yep. it's a good sign when he does that the problem is that to come back up the next time around and he and he swings it at, at strike three and mm-hmm. and looks really bad doing it that's not yep. good uh, not going to get it done I think we're about ready to welcome in the one and only Dante Bichette from, I don't know where he's at. He's probably in Florida. Are you, are you in Florida now? Yes. Enjoying it? Uh, yeah. Are you, it's nice right now. It's beautiful. Not humid? Not, not humid at all, right? Not sticky or anything? Not yet. Fine, don't no. lie to me. Don't lie to me. I've been there it, this time of year. It's miserable. I hate it. <laughs> It'll get there. I know it will. Hey, we're Thanks, just Dante. Good to see you, man. Good to see you guys. Before you before you jumped on, we were talking about Randall Grichik and um, a guy you're very familiar with coming over here. Uh, Sam Hilliard's a, a guy that we're enamored with here in Colorado. Six foot five, two hundred thirty pounds, run like runs like a wide receiver. He's the guy you want to play center field, but now they got this new guy from Toronto. Tell us a little bit about him and, and what you think he can bring to the Rockies. You know, he I know him pretty well. We kind of connected a little bit in Toronto. I was uh, being the hitting coach the last couple of years. Worked a lot with him. And he's really in a similar place and a similar type of player that I was at, at the same age. Uh, you know, he's got big bat speed. He, he's really a good defender at this, at this point in his life. He could play anywhere in the outfield. Really tremendous job for us in, in the Blue Jays in center field last year. So, so he can go anywhere out there. He's got big power. And he's starting really kind of a late bloomer, I think. To, he's starting to really kind of learn how to hit a little bit better. Uh, two strike pr- uh, cr- approach, you know, cutting strikeouts down, learning how to hunt pitches, and he's starting to get into that part of the game. Uh, the talent is monstrous. I mean, it, you know, the potential is there for him to have have a huge year. I think he's the perfect type of player that could 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 do well at cores. And uh, but he, you know, his his downfalls, you know, he will chase that breaking ball. The plate does, you know, not a high walk guy, you know, but he'll chase the breaking ball out of the zone a lot, like I did. And, and uh, some swing and miss there. But when he's going good, man, he can carry a club. You know, I want to say, Dante, I was looking into his numbers and uh, after, after I texted you about it, about him and your thoughts and um, his strikeout rate, and I, I don't think this is a coincidence, but starting when the year you started working with him, he, he, his strikeout rate went from 26 down to 21%. Um, and that was the, the largest year-over-year you know, decrease for him. Um, in his career, and he maintained that last year, 
And so, like, I mean, he was a 30% strikeout guy when he debuted with the Cardinals uh, in 2015, 2014, 2015. And he's gotten that down by that's, 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 I mean, for a guy that was at 30 to get down to 21, I mean, I don't care where you are in your career, whether it's your, you know, first, second year, or whether it's three or four, year, five, six years into your career, that's a quite a thing. How did you get him? How did you, how, how did you work with him to get him to buy into it and also to make it translate into actual, an actual real big uh, reduction in his strikeouts? You know, that was a whole goal. That was basically the reason. I was um, hired with the, with the Blue Jays. They were 27th in all of baseball in strikeouts. And last year they were first. And, and that's what we focused on. We, you know, we had a lot that's of incredible. bad. Yeah, we had a lot of bat speed. Guys like Gritchick, you know, the, the Blue Jays were kind of filled up with those kind of big bat speed guys. But we were getting, I remember in 2019, we were getting one hit going into the seventh inning more than not, you know. And, uh, and it was about putting the ball in play. And, and he just bought in from day one. I remember his first game, you know, we talked about it. And I said, this kid's really seems like he's buying in. And his first game, he kept fouling balls off to the right side with two strikes. And I said, man, he's really going for it. So he took it serious. He's a smart kid. He wants to get better. His work ethic is, is tremendous. He's really prepared physically, takes care of his body. I mean, he's a smart kid. He's got a chance to really – you know, take that. And I tell you what, a lot of people talk about a lot of things about Coors Field. Ball and play with bat speed works there. You know, (laughs) let's face it. It works everywhere, but it really works in Coors Field. So if he can really take that to another step, maybe maybe even jump down below that 20 strikeout percentage, boy, that'd be huge. Let me let me play devil's advocate for a second. All the things that we've we've talked about and seen so far in a rock shoot have been great. Glowing reviews. Why would the Blue Jays let him go? And what, what do they see in a Romel Tapia that we're, we didn't see? Yeah, you know, well, we we were a little right-handed dominant, and we were filled up in the outfield. Was Springer in center? Uh, Gurriel is a tremendous talent, a lot like his brother. He, you haven't seen it yet, but that's going to take off. And then Teo's won the Silver Slugger in right field uh, two years in a row. So there wasn't really a spot for him. He was he was frustrated with the playing time last year, and it just he got lucky to play every day last year because Springer went down, you know. So right. there was just four outfielders for three spots, and he was the guy to go. Um, as far as Tapia, I think it, you, all you hear about the Blue Jays is they need left-handed, they need left-handed hitters. What I think really they needed there is another guy that can maybe – burn a little bit and play center field because I don't think Springer they're they're expecting Springer to play uh, a lot of center field now I don't know if Tappy is that guy actually Gritchick did a great job in center field so it might have been just the left-handed bat thing or it might it might it might have been just you know I don't think Gritchick is going to be you know real happy with playing every day or playing part-time here that's interesting because you know we we talk about Sam Hilliard out here and you know, six five, two thirty. The guy can run. I mean, when he hits, I mean, when he when he connects, the ball goes four hundred and eighty feet. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's just amazing. He just doesn't. I mean, he's it's exactly the opposite. I mean, he's yep. he's a he's a huge strikeout guy. Yep. You know, and yep. um, he's the guy that they project. You know, they want to see that him take that job. You want you know, the everyday center fielder. And uh, Mark and I were talking about before uh, you came on that this kind of maybe sends a message to Hilliard that you better get this thing together because we've got our we've got our other guy here. Now we've got a guy that's a veteran. He can play center field. He can hit. 
Uh, he can, he's a, he's an everyday, he's, he's proven to be an above average hitter at the big league level level for however long he's been in the league now, six years. And he's got, you know, he's got pop, he's got 150 plus home runs in his career. So um, do you, what happens in your mind with Gritchick if Hilliard starts to show it and they're kind of platooning those guys? Oh boy. Uh, Yeah. I don't, I mean, I, I think at this point in his career, he's, you know, he still wants to be an everyday guy. So I don't, I don't think that's going to be exciting for him. Just like, you know, I'm interested uh, with Tapia coming over what he's going to think about his role, because I think he was an everyday player the last two years too. Right. Pretty Mm -hmm. pretty Pretty much. much. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. So, so I think, um, yeah, I I don't know. I wouldn't be excited about that. So, and I I know what you mean. That's a tough one. I have the answer to that problem. Vote for both of (laughs) you. Charlie Blackman's a designated hitter, guys. He doesn't belong in right field. The problem, right is, field. Charlie, Charlie, the problem is Charlie. Charlie will Charlie will not acquiesce to the, I, to I agree. the, the wishes but, of, of but the you masses. Talk, on but that you one. talk about four outfielders with three positions. They've got three outfielders and a fourth who shouldn't be playing out there, so they can move guys around and keep guys keep. No, you put you can stick Hilliard out, but, you know, on right. the corner. I mean, why not? Right. You know, I mean, but, well, the DH Brian, role is huge for a lot of teams and nationally it allows them to get that extra bat in there. You know, like I mean, that. let's face it, Charlie, you like I mean, Charlie's still can, he can still hit. Um, not, he's not what he used to be, but um, I mean, the outfield defense has just never been, I mean, the last three, four years, it's just been, he's been, he got better. He was, he, he hit the Nadir, like he hit the bottom, like in 20, Fast. I want to say 2019, Fast. like it yeah. was just, I yeah. mean, he was dropping <clears throat> fly balls on the track. Like it was, they were hit right to him, but his knees were shot. He got, he, he really worked hard. I know that he got, and he got back to the point where he could run down fly balls, but he still wasn't, he's still not the guy that maybe Hilliard could be out there. Not That's close. an interesting question, Mark, because uh, uh, it's a quest- interest, interesting question, Mark and interesting <clears throat> question, comma Mark, yes. because um, what's, I mean, how are they going to do it? How are they going to handle out the Rockies? Listen, I, How's Bud I, I, handle I was down there on Wednesday. I watched him play on Wednesday against uh, Kansas city and somebody, hit, he was on second base. Somebody hit a double and he barely scored. Charlie, I'm talking about, you barely scored. Yeah. And Thomas, and I said, Thomas Hardy and Patrick Saunders. And I said, what did he stop to play the piano on his back on the way home? Oh, he's taking it easy because it's spring training. Dante, I don't know. I don't remember guys doing that. I don't remember guys jogging in from second, from, from third base if they're healthy on a, on a play like that. I, it, it didn't, that didn't make Mark, sense. Mark, the game has changed so much like I that. You I know. hear that You're stuff right. nowadays and right. you've never heard that before. <laughs> But I, I, you tell me how we got 20 train. We used to have one trainer. Nobody got hurt. Now we got 20 <laughs> trainers. Everybody hurt. I love that. That's a, that's a quote of that's the year. Good point. Um, you're, you're right. Dante, I, I can't help but see a lot of similarities between, and this is probably why you guys hit it off, but between you and your career, during your career and, and Randall Gritchick, because like you said, you, you've described him as very similar to you, what you were as a hitter and what you were as a player. Well, let me, let me interrupt for a second, Manny. Here's yeah. the difference though. You know, talking about 20 trainers for you know, all that. I, I don't, <laughs> I'm going to give Dante props here because I don't remember any of the hitting coaches in Milwaukee coming up to him and saying, Hey, you got to learn a two strike approach. I don't, I don't. I don't and by the way, it, on the trainer it, thing, the other thing you can give, give props to Dante is he never went on the, the DL. No, no, man. no, no. Back we, when he was called we, the DL, he never went on the DL. You know that, man. Our, our, I know our, that. Our trainer, Johnny Adam, purposely kept us out of the training room. Am I right, Dante? He didn't want us in there. He, we were not welcome. Yeah, you actually didn't want to go in the you training room. You did not room. want to go in there. Nope. You weren't sure he was going to amputate something. That's correct. That's very right. <laughs> That's the way to do it, right? That's, Just be yeah, really it, like, it, kind of crazy like it was, that. It, it, you, it was fear factor if you went in there, so you didn't want to go in there. But my <laughs> my point is, um, you taught yourself to be a two-strike hitter. You taught the two-strike approach. So I, I, I don't think – I don't remember any of our hitting instructors going to you and saying you got to you know, you know, got to cut down the strikeouts or whatever. 
the guys need to be told that now they don't just look at the numbers and say, geez, I'm striking out too much. I got to change this. They don't, they have to be told that. Yeah. Yes. Because wow. we're paying, I, we're paying guys to hit 25 homers, strike out 180 times and hit 230. So yes, they, was, that's I, easy about that for a power hitter, man. You can run into 25. Homers I was, ever. I was talking, I was talking to Will Clark a couple of weeks yeah. ago for a story. And he was just like, you, you get Will going on yeah. on this topic and man, he was like, are you kidding me? Two, two, we, we, we applaud guys who hit 260 and 24 and strike out 130 times. It's, a, it's like a good season now. And he's like, man, I mean, back when I was, you know, I mean, batting average is not everything. But at the same time, and batting average is not, I mean, we don't hold it up on the pedestal that we used to. And I get why. I mean, I, I understand that. That's a totally something that I'm, I'm with that. But at the same time, when you take that pendulum and you go all the way to the other side, and I think this is where you kind of um, – uh, saw the writing early uh, on the wall early, Dante, is that, and, and like you talked about what you do with the Blue Jays and 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 changing the, the culture around the strikeout there. That's going to be, I have a feeling that that's going to be what teams are going to start looking for now as we move away from, kind of come back from the edge and, and back from the ledge. Especially uh, especially when the shift's yeah. not a part of it anymore, right? Then we're gonna, the ball in play is going to be more important when the shift's gone. Is that fair? Yeah, you're, you're already seeing it. You're not seeing it because most of the analytic guys – don't understand it yet, but you're seeing uh, behind the scenes, the, the major league teams are looking for guys to put the ball in play. The problem is they're not out there. They're just, the, you can't, it's tough to get a guy to hit with power that puts the ball in play anymore. It's either power or he puts the ball in play. What is the, is it really a zero sum game when it comes to that? I've always wondered that because I mean, you look at guys, there are, there are those guys on that elite level that they can do both, but there are also, but most people obviously, you know, they, they sacrifice one or the other, but how much of a zero-sum game is that? Do you think there are more guys, if they really buy into a program, can get can can not sacrifice too much slug for contact? Well, I, I mean, I've seen it with the Blue Jays. Like I said, yeah. we were 27th in strikeouts. And honestly, just putting the ball in – if you have bat speed, just put the ball in play with bat speed. That's a guy who can hit and hit with power. That's what yeah. that is. But so many guys are looking for that walk too now that you know they're it's 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 a it's a different game. All I know is you know there has been studies. The most and we've talked about this, Manny, and I think I've talked about this on this show before. Is the most predictive stat, regular season stat that predicts you'll win in postseason if you get there is the least amount of strikeouts. If you can put the ball in play, you can beat good pitching. If you can't put the ball in play, you might be bad pitching, but good pitching beats you up bad. So On that topic, you guys, um, the Blue Jays, man, you guys just keep getting more and more interesting all the time. Like, I mean, you guys already have Bo. You guys already have Vlad. You guys already have Teoscar Hernandez and Lourdes Gurriel. I mean, you guys got – your lineup is a, is, is a monster lineup. Um, and now you guys are adding pitching to that, and it's like – I mean, where do you, I mean, what's the ceiling for this team in 22, in 2022? Like, I think a lot of, I mean, even the projections like them a lot and the projections are usually very conservative with teams like this. And they like you guys to win like 92 or 93 games. And that's conservative. So what do you think about this club in 22? Yeah. A lot of teams are picking us to win it, or at least the, the American league. I will say this as a whole last year, we probably were one game short, but at the end of the year, if you looked at our team at the end of the year, we might have been the best team of baseball. Now, granted, Manoa came up in the second half and was Cy Young-like, you know, um, but he wasn't there all year. Um, and right. then uh, 
Springer finally got healthy and he was MVP. Yeah, you guys are missing him for such a long time too. Yeah, but a lot of people are picking us to be way better than last year. I just want to put a little caution, man. We're losing a Cy Young and we're losing an mm-hmm. in, one of the greatest second baseman seasons in the history of the game. Great call, so we yeah. got to replace that. You know, they did go out and get Chapman. That's huge. They get, did go out and get Gosman. That's huge. They got Kikuchi to replace Steven Matz. Uh, Ray and then Simeon so it's 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 got a chance to be it's got a chance to be uh, uh, you know uh, when it when everything if everything goes right but it you know that's baseball right everything has to go right yeah Dante you you, uh, I know you still follow the Rockies as as much as you can Uh, overachieved last year I think that's fair to say it's 74 a lot of people said they're gonna lose 100 games it's hard to do you almost have to try to be that bad but they won 74 um, and they were you know I don't think anybody on that team had a career year. I don't think anybody on that team had a big year. They still won 74 games. Where do you see the, the wild card, that extra wild card team now, having to get to what number they have to get to to get into the playoffs? Is 82 wins going get, to get the Colorado Rockies into the playoffs? Yeah, I, I think I think right around that can get them in. That, that's that's what I'm guessing. I don't know. Um, and they're always capable of that. If they, you know, to me, they're doing, to me, Bill Schmidt's done the right thing. He's going out and he's going to try to slug again, yep. you know, and, and I've Preach always that, said, man, preach it. That's it. Man, I'm even talking about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He went time. out and get Bryant. Perfect. Uh, Gritchick, I think is perfect. I think you're going to see uh, Brendan Roger break out. He's got big power. Um, it, it's in there, man. I mean, they can get that. They, now they did lose uh, uh, Gray as the starting pitcher. I think that was a big loss for you guys. They're gonna have to replace that somewhere. But well, I, I have two other things I want to ask you about. They did lose Trevor Story as well. You and I both yeah. spent a lot of t- a lot of days in Boston. We, I wasn't a Red Sox. Are you, did you play for the Red Sox? I don't think. Did you play yeah. for the Red Sox? Okay, so you played one like, year. Yeah, right. He had his last so, home run. That was that was that was Marianne. That was Marianne signing. I'm sure. Um, yep. But and did you, by the way, I have to throw this in before I forget. Last. Last season, either last year or the year before, Bo hit one over the monster when yeah. they were there, and it and it rolled all the way to that Gold's Gym entrance where that Gold's Gym used to be. No, incredible. it hit right where I met Mariana. It That's incredible. Thought I met her. It was it was cool. crazy. I remember awesome. that day pretty well because you were a different guy when you came in the walk, locker room in Fenway that day. You were just <laughs> oh your yeah, feet, your feet weren't touching the ground. We're like, what's up with him? But anyway. I don't think Trevor's story is going to like it in Boston. That's just my, my gut feeling. It tells me he, to, he has to change positions. He comes from a place, and you know this very well, Dante. Manny's representative of this. This is a soft media market. We might be critical. And oh, thanks, we have, you're, you're soft. You're a nice guy. Um, no, but they're not nice in Boston, the, the media there. If he has a bad year or a bad stretch, he's going to get roasted in that town. And I'm not sure he's ready to, 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 to take that and to roll with that punch. Um, it's a much different thing than he's ever been involved in before. Boston takes him getting used to him. Am I right? Yeah. You know, I don't know Trevor, but on the other hand, on the flip side of that, it's a great place to hit. And it's a great place oh. if you do well. If you, yeah. yeah. If you don't get pull happy, <laughs> if you pull happy, you're, you're, you're right where they want you. Well, uh, Dante, this is really actually, you're the perfect guy to have on for this mm-hmm. talking about Trevor's story. Um, I took a shot, just a really, just kind of a more of a fun thing. It wasn't a, it wasn't a scientific approach. It was just a shot at thinking about how we do in Boston, you know, not going, uh, not being at Coors Field anymore. And just based on how Arnado did when he left and LeMayhew and Holiday back in the day and um, those guys. And, you know, I came up with um, an 850 OPS on the road and 830 at home or something like that. But that was just fun just to, you know, put it out there. But you, you did it. You lived it. You went from here to Cincinnati and then to Boston. So you went from here to sea level. You did really well. I mean, you hit, you hit really well at your age, I think 36, maybe 37. Yeah. And, and you were really good. 
Well, no, you were really good. And you had, and you were, you signed with, with, uh, with Danny, uh, Danny Evans and the Dodgers, and you were going to be on that team. So how, what, how difficult or not was it? And what were the challenges of going to sea level all the time? Or was it just actually just a relief and a lot better because you didn't have to adjust to the price? Well, I was, it was so in my ingrained in me that I had to, you know, do so well that it took me it literally, I can tell you exactly. And I've told you, Manny, it took me 42 games. And mm-hmm. I remember after 42 games, man, I was like, well, maybe I am just Coors Field uh, 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 from Coors Field, you know? And I remember that's the day I said, okay, let me just, I'm trying to hit 40 homers in one swing for, for a month and about a half, right? It was Cincinnati. And I finally said, let me just settle down and just square up baseballs and see what happens. And I remember that's when I took off for the rest of my career. And I played another year and a half, I think. I was every bit as good as, you know, the numbers. It's tough to see the numbers say that, but you actually you actually played them out. And I was every bit as good as the same hitter there. But Absolutely. what I can tell you about leaving Coors Field is the swing and miss doesn't play. If you are a swing and miss player in Coors Field, man, you that's not going to work well out of Coors Field. you got to put the ball in play no matter where you play, especially if you're coming out of Coors Field because the ball starts to really break and move. Now, if you're a swing and miss guy, and, and I think Trevor's story is, that's going to yeah. be the thing if he can start – you know, he gets hot no matter what. He gets real hot. But he can get yeah. real cold, too, with the swing and miss. So that's why Nolan did real well. He doesn't, he doesn't strike out. And LeMahieu doesn't strike out. You know, they're going to do well wherever if you put the ball in play. So that's just my take. What, what advice would you give Story right now? If he, if he called you up and said, How, what advice you got for me? What would you tell him? Man, I would tell him just to – I would tell him to, to really concentrate on not trying to do too much you know, this is an easy one because he's going to want to prove everybody wrong real right. quick and he can dig himself a hole real quick doing that. Yeah. And, and Mark, I'll say this. And, and, and I was talking to uh, Ellis Burks about this, uh, about his Boston years back when, yep. when we were doing the book. And he said, there's a certain, I've always said this, I say it to this day, he's doing uh, Red Sox TV now. Mm-hmm. He's like, there is a certain type of guy you can put in Boston. You're, this goes to your point about, you know, we'll see how Trevor does with the media right. and everything else. And the, and the fans, you, you have to be a certain type of guy to play in Boston. You have to have a certain type of ability, a thick skin, I guess, to, to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And, and, and he's like, there's just certain types of people that can do that. I want to, I want to just as at yep. the juncture, since we had, with had, we talked about Dante after, after Dante Bichette left Colorado, the last two seasons of his career, 291 batting average, 340 on base, 470 slug. I mean, that's, and that's sea level, you know? So yep. Um, I mean, he, and that's at his, at, that's at, at, you know, 36 to 38. So um, just excellent numbers. And I mean, that was part of the, re, the what we're trying to get at in the book is that he, he this guy was a lot better than people remember. Um, unfortunately, that's the, that's the myth with so many guys that played at Coors that, you know, they're just a Coors creation, but um, yeah. Dante was phenomenal no. even afterwards. So it, what he says carries a lot of Wait yep. in terms of what it's going to take to hit at sea level after being here for so long. Dante, I want to roll something back for you a little bit. Back to 93. The Rockies, right now, the Rockies just sent down their phenom, Ezekiel Tovar, uh, 20 years old. The future at shortstop has been, had a great spring at 550 so far in the spring. He's doing everything right with the glove, with the bat, and they sent him down. And fan, there's fans around here like, why are they sending him down? He's the next big thing and all that. I want to throw a name out there and get your re- reaction because here's the na- first name I thought of, Roberto Mejia. Does that make sense to yep. you? That's the first one I thought of when you started right. telling me about it. Right, oh. right. Yeah, I, uh, Roberto was supposed to be the guy 
but we all saw it. He had a gigantic hole in his swing. The old, old Parlogy stepped in the bucket. He couldn't touch the outside pitch. I watched him in Colorado Springs at the beginning of the season. We all saw it. He, he crushed AAA pitching. He got abused in the big leagues. And he was out of baseball here, at least in the States, but before he was 25 years old. You rush a guy up too soon, that can happen. Is that fair? Boy, I tell you what, if you're going to rush a guy up, you're going to have to stick with him. I talked to right. Walt Weiss about this. Actually, me and Walt, it was a big deal when we brought Nolan up. Now, he wasn't 19, okay? Nolan was a little older. But when Nolan Arenado came to spring training, me and Walt would talk about this because they didn't want him to make the team, and he didn't. But when we brought him up, he was more than ready. And, and we both kind of – Walt said something, actually, and I was like, you know what? You're right. He said – Walt said, if you're a big leaguer, you'll figure it out. Now, it might take you a while. Right. But if you're a big leaguer, you'll figure it out. But if you're not a big leaguer, you're just never figuring it out, you know? So if you're willing to put the time and let them develop and go through there, and it might take a year and a half, two years, you know, I don't know. But if with a kid that young, you better bet on, you better just be willing to sit on it for two years, in my opinion. And you know, the Rockies, sorry, Dante, go ahead. Yeah. And and in my, and that's a tough one. I, I don't know if I do it or not. I, I, I kind of was, you know, with Bo, I thought he was ready at that early of an age. I wish they gave him a shot. I think he was ready, but nowadays they just don't do it too well, often. And this kid's never played above a ball yet. And, and, and I'll say and this. That's well, Rock- that's a big one. Yeah. The Rockies have had, um, in my opinion, have had problems in this area with respect to when they bring guys up, not with Nolan, but I'm talking, I mean, like in the last couple of years, you know, Ryan, the Ryan McMahon's the, you know, the Garrett Hampson's, these guys, they bring them up and it's like, the, they've got a load on their shoulders. It's like, if you don't hit, we're not going to win. You know, it's right. like, if you don't, yeah. you, you know, when, right. after Arnado left and now story's gone and, and yeah, they brought Brian in and that's, that was huge. But at the, for that, for that kind of thing, but you still have guys who like now it's Hilliard. I mean, it's like, you got to do it. You got to come through, you got to come through. Otherwise we're not going to be able to compete. How much does that? And then you look at, I mean, it's, it's not apples to apples because the Dodgers have, a, you know, unlimited money and whatever but the dodgers bring guys up and they're hitting walk-off home runs every day yeah. uh, against the rockies like i think that was a series where they did it every day yeah. like a, a rookie a different rookie every yeah. day walked the rockies off in los angeles and it's like they have it almost seems to me like they don't have that pressure because they've got a lineup around them etc cetera, etc cetera. how much have you seen if you have how much of a difference does it make when you have guys that veterans around you that that you know they're going to get the job done and you can have that room to breathe and get going oh it's huge i mean you know you just feel a whole lot more confident when you got your big brother around and somebody's you know he's a tough guy right i mean that's kind of what those good players are you know to me uh one thing about that gets overlooked on winning teams teams that are real good like the dodgers is you're typically facing the b bullpen every night you know Mm -hmm. Because you got to lead, they're not bringing in the, that's the, a great the closers point. in that, you know? And yeah. that's why good teams tend to just add on, man. They just add on because yeah. they're, they're always winning. They're always getting the, 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 the you know, the long relief guy. They yeah. don't see the closers very often. Build some confidence for those young guys because then they crush yeah. a home run. And they're like, all right, yeah. I could do this. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. If you're, if you're the Rockies and you're, you're not one of the teams that's not trying to win, there are teams out there that aren't trying to win this year. Uh, they are trying to win. They are go- a goal of making the postseason. Uh, what kind of things, what kind of start do they need to get off to? What, what kind of, I mean, it's an abbreviated spring and all that, but how do you build, how does that, how do things start to build in your mind, Dante? How do you start building in the right direction early in the season, I guess I should say? Well, 
I mean, it's, you know, in the end, you know, it's how many games you win, but I would say big starts for young teams are huge. Sometimes, sometimes young teams, or I don't know if you'd call them young, but I kind of would call them pretty young team. Uh, You know, they, they're fearless, you know, and they can, they can knock off a giant early in the season. And then it starts that relentless grind of the season starts to catch up with them. So yes, I believe a big start would take them a long way, but in the end, man, you you know, this season, it's a long season that you're going to have to play good ball. Do they have to win? Do, do they have to win? I was going to say, do they have to win fifty games at home to make the playoffs? Yeah, they got. Yeah, they got to beat up teams at home. That's just the way the Rockies are going to have to roll forever. That's that I see. That's it. They're, you can chalk up forty losses on the road. I mean, I, that's the way I look at it. I mean, you're going to lose half your games at minimum on the road because of what is the the, the hangover effect that has never gotten um, its due in terms of the attention that it deserves. And secondly, nobody's been able to figure it out. You know, I mean, yep. nobody's been able to figure out how to deal with that. But um, I want to run this by you with, with respect to that. I was talking to uh, Brendan Rodgers uh, last year, and I was like, you know, this was after the Rockies got off to this, like, they were on a record pace of losing road games. Like, yep. this was, like, worse than ever. And I was like, it, I, I was, I asked him, I wonder how much of this is that you guys, you, this is a really young team. You guys just, do you guys, you guys are just learning to grapple with the road thing. The, the 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 breaking ball on the road the having to do this 12 times a year when you go on a road trip you've never done it really i mean yeah you play the, the triple a's like you mentioned it earlier you alluded to it it's so much different you know it's you well, crush triple a pacific pacific coast league has a lot of a lot of teams and they play in the same altitude you do so right right it's not and, nearly and so, as much of an adjustment yeah so so the bottom line is i was like is that and he he kind of agreed he's like i mean he's he's just i mean he's a kid he doesn't really probably know yet but he was like yeah, I think that's probably part of it. Once we get our bearings and we start to go. So maybe now as they move along, as they kind of get some more experience, you wonder if that road game is going to improve. Yeah, I mean, it's always going to be there with the Rockies. You know, that's going to have to, for them to, you know, just at least, you're right, 500 on the road is a great season that's for a great Colorado season. and yeah, just yeah. smash everybody at home. Mm-hmm. But to get those 500 on the road is not that easy, right? So, yeah. so. To me, that's going to have to come from some of the veterans who say who are going to have to tell them, hey, it is what it is. Just embrace it. Don't right. try to fight it. Don't try Don't to let fight it get in it. your head. Yeah. If you try to fight it and try to hit all these homers, it just bear. That's what I did for years until I finally realized, hey, I'm just it is what it is. And and I told them for years, man, it's the breaking ball. It gets the movement. That's and everybody's like, oh, no, it's the ball carrying out of the yard. Like I like really? I couldn't hit a ball out of the park on the road, you know, but it's crazy. But man. I just I, it, that's clearly what it is. I mean, it's very yeah. clear because you can go through every, all 29 years of Rockies history. And you got you guys, the Bombers, then you got Holiday and Hilton and Walker or uh, or uh, Tulo and all these guys. And you can go through every season. Nobody hit well on the road. I mean, like individual guys could do it. But like as a team, never, never a good yeah. season on the road. That's not personnel. That is the breaking ball. I mean, it's pretty clear. It's the Magnus effect. That That's the German. I, 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 we were talking, we do, I did a, uh, that story on story and I, I opened it with the guy's name, the guy who came up, who, who discovered the uh the 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 effect of uh yeah. something going through a, a thinner air and not breaking and is the mat you know uh, heinrich magnus and it's like this is the guy that will be forever associated with every rockies player in history because they couldn't <laughs> do it on the road and it's not because it's they're not good hitters you know it's just yeah. it's brutal it's brutal yeah. they'll, win, they'll win one day i guess they'll win and it all years or whoever wins that the, the architect of that team 
they they oh, got to frame that. They got to give him a wing in the Hall of Fame. The GM wins it, wins a World Series in Colorado. I'm That's telling great. you, you've got it. You've got to go back and look at the '95 team, and it's got to be something like that where we yeah. just plugged. Yep. We had a freaking crazy bullpen, and we had a bunch of veteran pitchers that didn't care. Man, they did. Their their numbers weren't important. They pitched inside. There you go. Yeah, it's got to be – I bet you it'll be something like that when they well, get it done. It's about time you mentioned the most important thing about this game, and that's pitching, because I've been letting you guys talk about hitting this little time. <laughs> um, Dante, we're now in, the, in the, the way the game's going now where no one's going nine innings, no one's going seven anymore. Um, if this team has a, a group of starters that can give them five innings uh, eight, uh, per start, five plus, maybe six, do they have the arms to get them, take them home? Do they, is there a way – do you like that have a seventh, eighth, and ninth guy, or has it got to be a group effort in, in Coors Field? <laughs> Because I can just remember, just remember Steve Reed had the ball every single night until his, his arm yeah. was going to fall off in 95. And it was a shortened season. Don't remember. Don't forget, there were fewer games in 95 because of the, that strike was still lingering. So I, I just don't know if this bullpen can hold up. Well, I'm not buying that, that starters can go five innings. Your whole staff can go five innings and you can win, period. Yeah, the only I'm, reason I'm I, the only, yeah, the only reason it can happen is because everybody's doing it, right? Yeah, right. It, but, but you look at the teams that are, I mean, I mean, Scherzer sure, even told Scherzer said something last year was I thought was interesting. He didn't pitch well in the playoffs because he wasn't built up enough. Yeah. Because I as like soon that. as he got to the yep. Dodgers, they stopped him at five innings. Yeah. They thought they were doing him a favor. In yeah. reality, they were they were making him a weaker pitcher. Yep. I still think starting pitching is a key to it all, and they got to go deep into the games, man. That's it, it's listen in 2019. The bullpens got beat up like never in history. Why? Because we started taking pitchers out. Somebody's yeah. got to get – something's got to give. You take the starters out, the bullpen's got to get it beat up. If you yeah. leave the starters in, well, the bullpen would be good. You know, so I don't know. I'm, I'm with you. We're all on the same page here. We just can't get uh, the, the front offices to buy into this line of thought. Not yet anyway, right? Maybe <laughs> behind the scenes it's starting to turn that way, but not yet. Well, that's, that's, that's just answer me this. Yes, if you face a starter for the third or the fourth time, you're going to be better against him. Right. But if you see a reliever twice in a series, he's not – he doesn't have yeah. the stuff to get you out twice, yeah. Yeah. you know? Oh, I mean, it, goes a to, a rel- yeah. it goes back to the World Series yeah. uh, in right. 20 with, with uh, Snell, right? I mean, it's like – I mean, yeah, the, the third or fourth time through is – the thing that I lament the most about the third or fourth time through thing is that they apply it to everybody. Exactly. Like, like, like guys are yep. just like, they're just coming off an assembly line. That's not how you do it. I mean, you, That's right. you're going to tell me, you're going to, you're going to tell me that Jake DeGrom is a, is the yeah. same as number five starter on whatever team right. that can't see a, a, a lineup the third or fourth time. No, you're going to yeah. leave him in there if he goes, but that's the problem. And then Blake Snell was the ultimate example of that yep. when he got pulled in the world series and he had like 70 pitches, he was yep. throwing like a one hitter. Yep. And it's like, let him go. I mean, that's, the, I mean, yeah. he's doing what he needs to do. And it's just, we've gotten, um, and I'm a stat guy, but we've gotten to the point where it's just too much and we have to, yeah. you know, bring it well, back. And the Braves, remember, the Braves did the opposite last year, left their kid in there who had the one hitter in the World Series and let him go if you an extra inning or two, which helped their bullpen. So I, I'm with you, yeah. Dante. Your bullpen is only going to be as good as your starting pitchers can allow them to be. And, you know, our, in our day, you, you know, that, that the game I threw in Oakland. Uh, well, I be, well, you weren't here yet. You were still Dave Parker was still over there. 142 pitches, complete game. To this day, that age, when you punched out 10, you punched out 10. No, that was that was, that was the five innings. That was the that ten, five innings. Yeah, but that was the Ted Henry game. Remember Uncle Ted? That's right. Hey, and the, and the barn door strike. I've told you, I've told many of this story before. But when you walked up to home plate and offered your bat to Ted Henry, I 
we all died laughing. That was hilarious. Like, what'd you say? You, you take this. I can't use it. Cause no more. Rick Dempsey. <laughs> I told him you're embarrassing yourself. Out. It was a second. <laughs> and I, and I sent him chocolates for a year after that game. Cause that strike zone could not have possibly, I mean, it was, it wasn't batter's box to batter's box. Well, I, outside I always, batter's box to batter's box. It was awesome. I always go yeah. back to look, uh, I always go back to Frank Thomas's first hit and Mark's going to oh, roll stop his eyes, it. but stop it. But stop when, it. Frank Tom, when Frank Thomas, when Frank Thomas, when Frank Thomas, uh, hit that triple fly ball over Rob Deere's head, a fly ball off the wall in right field, fly ball off of to Knudsen for his first career hit. He had 10 more in his career, by the way. Triples. I mean, his first career, no way. Okay. Yeah. Right. His first career hit was a triple and at a fly the ball. stadium. And I'm like, that ball was a missile. I mean, he, cr- oh, I mean, he, he put the, he put a hurt I, on it. Listen, right? I think hurt. if, I think, and, if the but big hey, hurt, look, I'm, 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 I'm going to, I'm going to get to the, the good part here. Okay. The, the punchline is this. You, once that happened, I was like, this, you know, if you were watching that live, yeah. you'd be like, this guy's going to be a Hall of Famer. This guy who hit yeah. that pitch. Yep. This guy who hit that, yeah. uh, Mark Knudsen. Yeah. yeah. It was my drive listen, off the wall in right field. It was a triple first, Don, first major league hit. This guy's a Hall of Famer. Dante spent a lot of time in right field and County Stadium. It wasn't very far. It was pretty shallow in the corner. <laughs> but if and, you had stat cast, man, I got to tell if, you, if, man, if, you would if, not be talking. You would not be if, arguing with me. If, if you Frank Thomas hit a missile, it's not going to stay in County Stadium in right field. It's going way into those bleacher seats. That's launch right. angle, man. That's 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 oh, getting yeah. into that the was a pop fly. We don't want to go Whatever. there. Whatever. But but let me say this on the on the uh, on the pitchers and and Manny, I I'm a stat guy too, but we oh, got to yeah, use absolutely. them right. You know absolutely. that. I, that's we use them right. Exactly right. Exactly right. And and I thought John Smoltz said it simple a couple of years ago in one of the playoffs games he said listen when the other team gets excited because you just took the pitcher out that's probably not a good time to take the pitcher out you know right. <laughs> that's exactly what happened it. with snow mm-hmm. you I mean, saw it in yeah. snow that was terrible exactly right exactly i mean right. once it was like it was just everyone was talking about it man twitter or two were like the dodgers got to be thrilled by this yeah. you know like it's like yeah. this is incredible yeah. you know i mean why, you know what's why? weird about that I told my wife around the fourth inning when he was just lighting it up. I said he won't, he won't, he won't last long enough to even have a decision in this game. Yeah, I knew they take him out, and that's what's frustrating because you know what? The pitching duel is a big part of this game. Yep. It needs to be brought it back. And I got an idea. Yeah. Here's how you bring it back. Okay, hurry, hurry. we get run out of time. Hurry. You you drop the ball count to three. Oh, I like that. <laughs> Obviously, like that. makes pitchers go, man. Yeah. Ball and play. It makes go. hitters swing the bat. I like it. Hey Dante, we all let you go. I know we need another expansion team in Florida so you can get a managerial job and stay home. Man, we'll, you'd we'll, be so uh, awesome. We'll work on that. In the meantime, <laughs> gotta get it. thanks for joining us again. We'll, thanks, man. We'll, we'll have you again later in the year. And keep uh, keep a hat on that bald head, okay? I don't want you to get sunburned. All, All right, right, buddy. We'll talk yeah, to you man. guys. Manny, you got, a, you got a closer for us, Manny? Yes, sir. All right. We'll be back. Park Adjusted, Rockies podcast. We'll be back right after this. For the best selection of autographs and memorabilia from your favorite sports stars past and present, Look no further than denverautographs.com. Find what you're after on the web or at either of their two Metro Denver locations, Colorado Mills Mall and Flatirons Mall, Broncos, Rockies, Avs, Nuggets, and much more. It's all at denverautographs.com. Learning life skills through baseball, USA Prime is more than just travel baseball. We mentor young athletes in areas like teamwork and skill development. It's about more than winning weekend tournaments. It's about showing young players how to achieve their goals in baseball and beyond. Contact Scott Horman at Colorado at gmail.com for more information. Today is my younger brother's birthday, and this edition of The Closer is dedicated to a brilliant thing he said to me as I was walking out of Coors Field one night last year. He said, as a matter of principle, the Rockies should never be at or near the bottom of the league in any offensive category. He was absolutely right. This is a club that calls Coors Field 
the most hitter-friendly park in the majors, home. There is no reason why there shouldn't be guys in the lineup who can hit and hit for power. As Dante Bichette has said before and said again on today's podcast, the Rockies need to outslug teams at home and hope they can be near 500 on the road thanks to the course hangover. General Manager Bill Schmidt has moved in that direction this offseason, re-signing C.J. Crone, who slugged 530 in a career year last year, then signing Chris Bryant to a mega deal before swapping the light-hitting Rymel Tapia for a power bat in Randall Grichuk from Toronto, where Bichette worked with him on cutting strikeouts. With a good young starting rotation and a couple of bigger hitters in the lineup over 2021, the Colorado Rockies are actually moving, as opposed to standing still or even taking steps backward. The bullpen is still, well, who knows? And this is still a team that figures to finish at best third, but probably fourth or fifth in the National League West. But it's a big change from where the franchise was just a year ago. Is it right to try and compete for the postseason at this stage rather than start over again after all that's happened the past few years? That is a very debatable question. But the Rockies are going to try and compete. And if that's the case, they're at least moving in a positive direction under that banner. A successful closeout, as always. Manny brings us to the end of this episode. Thanks to our special guest, Dante Bichette, for his great insight. And to you for listening to the Park Adjusted Rockies podcast. The regular season is right around the corner. Hope you'll keep us in your lineup. Catch you later. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.